Welcome to the Calvary Assembly podcast with weekly messages from Calvary Assembly of God Church in Lexington, Nebraska. You can find out more online at lexag.org and on Facebook at Calvary Assembly Lex. Thanks for listening. Why do we do missions? Why do we go, and, and people always say that, oh, you're going on a mission trip. They think you're going to a third world country. When we say France, what do they say? Oh, you're going on vacation. It was anything but, I'll tell you. It was, it was hard, hard work. Um, so why do we do that? Why does our church, our, our church in Lexington, in the middle of Nebraska, gave over $100,000 to missions last year. Why do we do that? Why do we invest so much time and so much energy in missions? Why do we do that? Well, because missions is what? It's the heartbeat of God, right? And missions is not just overseas. Missions is also here. Missions is in our homes. Uh, this is uh, one of the areas in France. This is actually a picture we took in Barrick. Um, it was kind of neat. We, uh, we were over there, and we, we got to talk to the pastor. The pastor is kind of new, and he's actually changing churches this year. But the pastor that we worked with is from like 40-something kilometers away, I think, and his church is parenting this church, planting this church there. And uh, he's spending time and money and coming over there every day and uh, there's one guy in the church, I won't say his name because I didn't ask his permission, but just a fun little guy. He was a police officer, and he was into the occult for years and years and years. And he said that um, uh, he, he got involved in the occult, and he was actually possessed by a demon, eight demons to be exact. And he said every time a pastor would come over to visit him, he would crawl around on the floor and howl like a dog. And he said, I couldn't stop. I, I wasn't in control. And he tried to commit suicide three times. And the demons wouldn't let him. And he got delivered. Uh, Jesus came into his life and changed him. And he is totally different now. And he drives from Dunkirk in the northern part every week to come work on this building because Jesus has changed his life. And he wants to invest that in other people who don't have a church, who don't have a way. And so just hearing their stories, and, and Corinne, her story was incredible, just sharing how God has changed her life. And hearing these people, and they're pouring back into another community where they don't live. Uh, because they want to share the gospel. Corinne drove 20, was it 20-something minutes every day to bring us lunch? Uh, and she just did it because she wanted to. She wanted to serve. So if you have your Bibles, in Psalm 89, uh, we're going to look at Psalm 89.1. If you have the Version Bible app, <laughs> the notes are all in there as well. Um, this is not where I was going to go today. And as we were preparing, I just I felt like we should share just a little bit about missions because we're talking so much about it today. But listen to what they said. This is um, Ethan the Ezraite wrote this psalm. And he says this, I will sing of the Lord's unfailing love forever. Young and old will hear of your what? Faithfulness. He said, I want to tell young and old about God's faithfulness. This is why we do missions, guys. This is why we share Jesus with those around us. Because we want others to know we want others to have that opportunity, and that's why these guys are pouring into France. That's why Manny, our missionary, has been over there working the last several years, pouring into France. And France is a hopeless country. They're a, a country that thinks they're past needing the Lord. They said when they were trying to buy this building, it had been a church, it had closed down. When the government found out they were a church, the price skyrocketed because they don't want churches over there. They don't want people telling others about Jesus in that area. And so... It's not like here where we get a favored, you know, exemptions and things. Uh, it's because they don't want that. So, 
So the Assemblies of God, our, our denomination, was founded in 1914. And do you remember why the Assemblies of God was started? To be the greatest mission-sending organization in the world. And right now, we're number three in the world for sending missionaries. Our movement is number three in the world as sending. Because we believe this is God's heartbeat. We believe this is what the Lord wants. He wants young and old to know his faithfulness. So how do we do this? How do we, why do we do this? And how do we become more aware? Well, number one, we have to be missionally aware. So let's pray. Lord, I pray this morning you would help us to see the opportunities around us to share your love with others, to see what you're doing in our world, and to be able to be a part of that. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. So we have to be missionally aware. Well, what does that mean? We have to be aware of the great what? Commission. Did Jesus say this is a great suggestion? Did he say this is my, you know, this is my, my hope that you'll do this? No. This is what we call the Great Commission. And Jesus said this in Matthew 28, 18. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, what? Go. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And I'm with you always to the very end of the age. He said, go. And what does go mean? It means go, right? It's not, it's not a trick. And actually the word go is an active go. When he says go, it doesn't mean just go once. It means as you are going, as you are living life, go make disciples. As you are working, go make disciples. As you are doing school, go make disciples. As you are mowing your yard and someone comes across to tell you, you know, you're scaring their dog with your lawnmower, make disciples, right? Go, go do it. And this is not being pushy. This is not saying, I'm going to force my religion down your throat. This is simply sharing hope. Let me tell you about what Jesus has done in me. That's what one of the ladies in the church there, she said that before she was a Christian, she was so angry all the time. And she said, once she gave her heart to Jesus, people could say, what is different about you? You're not angry anymore. And she's able to say, Jesus, right? And, you know, we were... Uh, you know, when I go home sometimes, people say, you're different. Yeah, I am. Because of Jesus, right? We're not the same. So we have to be aware of the commission. And we also have to be aware of the opportunities. There's lots of different opportunities to share Jesus all around us. <laughs> we have opportunities everywhere that we go. You don't have to get up on the table in the break room or, or stand in the, you know, the dining center at the high school and, and get up and start screaming. Just take opportunities. We call these divine appointments. We just say, Lord, give me chances to share you. Give me chances to share what you're doing. We were in the, the metro. I'm, a, I'm claustrophobic. I don't like being pressed in. And in, Fran, in Paris, <laughs> when we went sightseeing, you have to take the metro everywhere. Do you know what a metro is? It's a sardine can on wheels. Like you're underground and you get in there and then people just kind of crush in. So we said, you know, we had 15. So we said, okay, as soon as it gets here, everybody spread out. And as soon as the doors open, let people out and then get in. And like you open the door and there's like 40 French people in this little can. And you say, I'm coming in. And we just squeeze in. And then you think there can't be possibly be one more person in this car. The door opens and 10 more people come in and just kind of, right? But we were in this, in the metro, we were walking and we ran into a, Josiah was wearing a Cardinals hat, St. Louis Cardinals. And this lady behind us said, woohoo, St. Louis. It's a, what? We're in Paris thousands of miles away. We met a lady from St. Louis. She was a Cardinals fan, but you know what this lady was doing? 
She was a veteran, and every year on June 6th, the anniversary of D-Day, she comes to Normandy and wears her uniforms and stands on the beach to honor all those that died. And she was not ashamed to tell us why she was there, and we helped her carry. She said, can you help me get my suitcase up the stairs? And we said, I will carry your suitcase for you, you know, for doing that. So we would help her up and down, you know, several on our team would help her get up and down. She shared why she was there. Is that popular in Paris? Yeah, for some. For some, it's not. But she wasn't ashamed, and we can do the exact same thing. So everyone said, what are you, where's Nebraska? We get that all the time. Where's Nebraska? It's like right in the middle, you know. Do you have cows? Yes, we have lots of cows. You know, that's, um, so we say, but then we say, this is why we're here. We're here sharing hope. So we look at opportunities. So guys, how can we share locally? In John 13, Jesus says in verse 34, I'm giving you a new commandment, love each other. Just as I've loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So we love. We share. We take opportunities here. We take opportunities around the world. How can you be involved in missions around the world? Well, you can go, right? You can go on a trip. Every year we do a missions trip, our church, every single year. Sometimes it's here in the U.S. Sometimes it's overseas. We try to make them both so you can do both. You can give. Do you know those of you that gave to help support this trip had just as much part as the ones that went? Absolutely. You changed lives. Guys, we planted seeds in Barrick. We, we put down floor. We hung sheetrock. They glue it there. They don't screw it. They glue it to the wall. It's different. Well, they glued sheetrock. You guys helped do that. You guys helped buy supplies. You helped get us over there. You brought hope to people that you've never even met because you gave. When you give to missionaries, you're giving, you're supporting that. When you give to Speed the Light, to Boys and Girls Missionary Challenge, to Life for the Lost, you're giving hope to others. You can go. This fall, we're going to go to Sturgis again. Uh, it's going to be different this year. There's a bike rally. If you don't know, there's a big bike rally in Sturgis. We go every year to help the Hubbles. And usually we go do a kid zone. Well, this year, things have changed. We're not going to do the kid zone. But what we're going to do is we're going to go up, and the men are going to do a bike wash. And that sounds really lame, right? No, I'm going to wash motorcycles. What do you do when you wash motorcycles? You talk, right? And you share. And then we, every single time we say, hey, can I pray for you before you go? We love to, to and bikers love having their motorcycles prayed over, right? It's just a thing. And so we have stickers. We give them a sticker. But we pray for them. Every single one we get to pray with, unless they say no. But we're sharing Jesus. We're giving them water. And then the ladies, get this, the church that we work in, they sold the parsonage that's behind the church, and guess who bought it? The guy that owns the strip club. <laughs> so guess what he does in his parsonage? He puts strippers in there right behind the church. So guess what the ladies are going to do? They're going to serve breakfast to these strippers. They're going to tell them, you are valuable for more than just your looks. And some of them camp in tents, so we always have to cover the, the door so the kids couldn't see because, um, you know, they wear stripper clothes. But, which sounds weird, right? But, I mean, it's... <laughs> But they're going to show these ladies we care about you. They're going to serve breakfast in the morning, and then for the ones that work the late shift, they're going to do it in the afternoon, and it's all going to be ladies. There are going to be no men in that building. And so you guys have an opportunity to go. We would love for some of you to come up and just talk with these ladies, pray with these ladies, share with them that they're valuable, that Jesus loves them, right? These are ways you can get involved. And so there's always projects. Our, our power kids do projects. Our youth do projects. And then we have to be aware of the opposition. Is there a spiritual opposition when you do a missions trip? 
Look in the parking lot. <laughs> There's always opposition. Every time you go, every time you start doing something for Jesus, the enemy does not like that. But we're not fighting against people, are we? It's a spiritual battle. You know, when we got out to the van, we'd, we came out of the airport at like 11:15 p.m., I think, in Denver, and we'd been up for like 24 hours. And we unlock. I was like, please, Lord, let the battery not be dead on the van. You know, I hit the unlock and it came on. I was like, hey, that's awesome. You know, we start loading in. I reached in and turned the van on. And it sounded like somebody started a race car because, you know, there's no exhaust. It's just straight coming out of the heads. And it scared us all. And, and you know, my first instinct was, ah, these tweakers stole my <laughs> catalytic converters. You know, I was really frustrated. But am I mad at those guys? A little. But who are really, uh, who are really fighting? The enemy, right? It's in, and it all worked out. God was so good to us. We got a rental van. We were able to get it right in and get fixed. Our insurance already sent the check to us. So God was good. But listen to what Paul said, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all God's armor so you'll be able to stand firm against strategies of the devil. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against the evil rulers and authorities in the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle, you will be standing firm. Guys, any time you start putting Jesus first in your life, you're going to come against spiritual opposition. It's just a fact. It happens. Satan does not want you serving Jesus. He does not want you putting him first in your family. He doesn't want you putting Jesus first in your finances. And one of the greatest places Satan attacks is in your finances. It's just a fact. When we went to France the last time, our flights were all messed up. Like, it took two days to get to France when it should have taken like 12 hours. It was crazy. It was just one thing after another after another. And we said, we're supposed to be here, right? And then when we uh, were coming out of town and the semi in front of us swerved to miss a deer and the black van swerved to miss a deer and the explorer swerved and the deer hit the explorer, we said, well, God's doing something, right? I mean, it's for all the places for a deer to be. He runs into us, literally. So... But listen to what Jesus said in John 16, 33. He says, I've told you all this so you can have peace in me. Here on earth, you'll have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. So just understand, guys, when you start putting Jesus first, you're going to have opposition. That just happens. But the good news is Jesus has already won the war. He is with us. And he said he's already overcome the world. So we have to be aware of opportunities, but we also have to genuinely care. And this is a word that, that we kind of created, but we can't be missionally indifferent. Our culture today is all about what? Offense. It's all about me. You offended me. Your opinion offended me. Your clothing offends me. Your music offends me. Whatever. It's all about that. But we can't be indifferent to the gospel. We can't stop what Jesus said because people are offended sometimes. I came across a quote by uh, Robert, I can't even say his name, McQuilkin, I think is his name. He's a missiologist. And he said this, he said, there are five reasons Christians don't get involved in missions. He said, number one, we don't care that much. We're all about us. We don't see very well, which means we don't see the need. And sometimes we miss it, don't we? Sometimes we think there must be some other way. He says, sometimes prayer isn't the central. And sometimes he said, we just don't hear. Sometimes we just don't hear the need. So guys, there's a need all around us for people to know Christ. You just look around and you see it everywhere. You know, when you get overseas, sometimes it's, it's very open. I know a group went to Madagascar a couple years ago, 
And a witch doctor in the village was kind of the, the village witch doctor. He got really upset and he threw a cattle skull at him. That's pretty open, right? <laughs> that's, that's big opposition. But in the U.S., it's not always that open. Sometimes it's small things, but we need to see the need. And we also can't forget that Jesus cares. One of my very favorite passages is in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. It says, when he, Jesus, saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. Guys, Jesus cares so much for our neighbors that don't know him. He cares for the people down the street that don't know him. He cares about that person that, that works in your office with you that doesn't know him. He cares about them. He cares about the people we come in contact with. He cares about those who are hostile towards him. What did he say even when he was on the cross? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing, right? He cares about those people, and he's sending us. And guys, you may be the answer to someone's prayers. There might have been a mom praying for their kid for years, and you're the one that Jesus sends into their path to show them. You may be the one that's praying for someone else to come along later. Like we said, we got to France, and we just thought, hey, we're coming to help. We didn't realize these people have been praying for a year for people to come help. And here we come from Nebraska, of all places, right? And so you may be the one, and we can't become indifferent to obedience. Can we allow missions to become a priority? Can we allow sharing the gospel to become a priority in our lives? And where do we see that? It shows up in our time and in our finances. So we can't become indifferent to obedience. We have to be obedient to what Jesus tells us to do. And then lastly, we have to share of our treasures. What are our treasures? Our stuff and our time, right? Basically. And we have to trust that God will meet our needs. So I love this line I found. Giving and telling and going are ultimately faith tests. Giving and telling and going are faith tests. When you guys uh, decided, hey, I'm going to go on this missions trip. You know, when we opened this up, I thought we might have six or seven people that wanted to go to France. We had 15, which was great. But that was a step of faith, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm going to pay $2,500 to go on this trip. I'm going to take my family overseas. I'm going, to, I'm going to get on an airplane. And, you know, when we look at how our appliances hold up, I'm shocked any of us ever get on an airplane. You know, because, like, we can't have a coffee maker that lasts more than two years when we put ourselves in an airplane, right? But it's a faith test. Do I trust that God's going to take care of me? Do I trust that God is going to provide for our needs? So it's a faith test. We have to trust that God is going to meet our needs. Do we trust him enough to give of our time? One of our most precious resources is our time. Do we trust him to serve? Not just go on a missions trip, but do we trust him enough with our time to serve at church? Will I give time to, to serve in a Bible study? Will I give time to serve in the sound booth? Will I teach kids? Will I do these things? Will I come and, and give a week of my time to serve in VBS, Vacation Bible School? And guys, I know Vacation Bible School is tough, isn't it? You work all day, you show up, you wrangle kids for two hours, and then you go home and you do it all again the next day, and the next day, and the next day. Why do we do that? Because we know that Jesus loves these kids in our community, right? So we have to trust that God will meet our needs, and then we have to practice giving through faith. Guys, when we, when we give our finances, when we give our tithes and our offerings at church, it doesn't really make sense, does it? I'm going to give this and trust that God's going to give back. 
but it works, right? When we give, it works. God takes care of us. Jesus provides more than we give every single time. We trust. And so this church has always been built on giving to our community and giving to missions because we trust that God will do it. And here's the thing. When we do that, we're proving what we say we believe. When I give, I'm, I'm kind of putting my money where my mouth is, right? I'm saying I trust God. Okay, I'm going to trust you to give of my time. God, I trust you. I'm going to trust you to give of my finances. I'm going to trust you with my family. I'm going to trust you. And so it's a big, big deal. And then we stretch our faith through giving and through going. So it's a stretch of faith to give. It's a whole different stretch of faith to go. And so, you know, we do oper- we give opportunities. There's just in the, the 13 years we've been here at this church, we've gone to a lot of different places, right? We've gone to Detroit. That was a faith test. <laughs> we, we've gone to Iowa. We've gone to another Teen Challenge and. Um, where was that? Beatrice. We've gone to Phoenix. We've gone to France twice. We've gone to Madagascar. We've gone to a lot of different places. Why do we do that? Because we trust God to take care of us, right? And you guys support. If you go out and look at that wall out there in the foyer, there's missionaries that are literally all over the world, and you have a hand in what they're doing by your giving and by your praying. And I know some of you guys prayed. We, uh, we had a great teaching moment when Josiah cut that wire. You know, he, uh, he held the pliers up and they had a big burn mark on it. And we said, wow, God really protected you. And he said, yeah, I did. And we said, there's a lot of people back home praying for us. And it was amazing. We actually found out, we flew out of France on Sunday. The Friday before we left, we flew from Paris to Detroit. There was a guy that got up and started causing issues on the airplane. Same route we flew. They had to actually make an emergency landing in, in Canada and take him off the plane. That could have been ours, but God protects, right? So we're so thankful. I love this line. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. Howard Cummings is a pastor. He said this, The mature Christian steward will give to missions from known sources as well as the yet unrealized sources. What does that mean? It means I'm going to give him my time and my finances to help people know Jesus, and I'm going to trust that God will bring in what I need. So I'm going to ask you if you would stand this morning. And I know I'm kind of preaching to the choir because we're a missions church. But I'm just going to take a moment and pray this morning. I'm just going to ask that God would speak to us today. And for some of us, you might say, I need to be more aware. I want to be more aware of opportunities that exist at school, at work, in my neighborhood, maybe even in my family. I want to be aware of opportunities to share Jesus with those who don't yet know, to share what God has done in me. And some of us say, Lord, I need you to change my heart. Because maybe I really don't care that much. I'm not really moved to share. I'm kind of comfortable where I'm at. I just really want God to, to open my heart. Or maybe I do, but I really want to care more. And then some of us say, you know, Lord, I want to, I want you to enlarge my heart to give. Give him my time. Maybe you're speaking to me about going on a missions trip. Maybe you're speaking to me about giving more to missions or giving locally. So Father, right now, we just...
pray all across this room that you would speak to our hearts today. Lord, I know that missions is your heartbeat, and not just overseas, but here at home, here in Lex, in our backyards. Lord, I pray that you would speak to each and every one of us today. Lord, if there's some of us here that don't yet know you, Lord, would you speak to us? Would you help us to to accept that gift of salvation so that we can in turn share that with others? Lord, if there are some of us here today and and we just say, Lord, I want to be more open to the opportunities around me. I want to see the opportunities you give to share you with others. Lord, there might be some of us here today who just say, Lord, I need you to change my heart. Lord, help me me to hurt more for the lost. Help me to to care more for those around me. Not just see them as people or as objects or as irritations, but as people that you care about. And Lord, there might be some of us today that you're challenging us to give more. Maybe giving of our time, maybe giving our finances, maybe giving over our plans and say, Lord, have your way in us. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here this morning, say, you know, that's right, I've never asked Christ to come into my heart and I've never asked him to forgive my sins, but I want to start that today. I want to start that relationship with Jesus today. If that's you, would you slip your hand up right where you're at? I want to pray with you this morning. If you're here today and you say, you know, one of those, I just need to be more aware of the opportunities around me. I just say, Lord, would you help me to see the opportunities? That's you. Would you just slip your hand up? If you're this morning, say, you know, I just need God to change my heart. You said that I, I see people the way that he does. And not just his irritations. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up? I just want to have more of a heart. And if you're here this morning and God is challenging you to give, maybe it's financially, maybe it's to give your Maybe it's to serve in VBS or in a ministry. Just raise your hand or you're challenging me out. So I'm going to pray and then we're going to close out with a song. And if you want to come to the front and pray, you're welcome to do that. If you want, if you have a need, you want someone to pray with you, you come up here and someone will meet you here. Lord, right now, I just pray for all those that raise their hands here and those at home watching online. God, I pray that you would change our hearts. Lord, help us to see the opportunities that you give the opportunities around us to share you with others. Lord, for those who said, Lord, we need you to change our hearts, Lord, would you open us up more to see the opportunities and to see people the way that you see them. And Lord, if you're challenging us to give today, Lord, help us to see the opportunities to do that as well. To give of our time, to give of our finances, to give up our plans 